0: This is 100 Days of Your Podcast, our podcast because, well, you need another podcast. I'm Becky Fouché, here with my best friend, Jeremy Robondo, and today we're recording episode 13, entitled, Friendship for Days. Principles of Relationship Interpretation, Part 13. A good friend makes a good friend.
1: We spend most of our lives in friendships brought to us by the very situation or geographic location in which we come to find ourselves, whether that be school, work, church, or other house of worship. The very best of these friendships by circumstance can be a perfect setting, enabling us to get to know all sorts of different people, many with whom we will come to have a very close connection, a really close connection. And you would think that this same situation would teach us how to treasure and keep those friendships. But not really. Only when we get that new or first job or go away to school or move across the country do we begin to learn what it might take to keep those friends. An easy thing might be to just move on to a new group of friends created by the new situation. But what about those connections we've already made and those other dear friendships we want to hold on to as we move into this new situation? Is this possible? Should we do the work of keeping the very closest of those connections active, or should we be content to just let them go and at the same time allow ourselves to be let go from the connection so that we may mutually explore the new relationships in our new reference point. Keeping those friends usually takes a new kind of communication, a much more intentional kind. It also requires that we take a very purposeful look at the past, inspecting our friendship's memories while looking for evidence of trueness and genuineness and love, those essential ingredients required for our further investment. And then, finding such evidence, we decide in a moment to continue the commitment. We look to the future, where we contemplate new, good memories, along with the possibility of what loss of that friend may look and feel like. So the question is, are friendships worth holding on to? Of course they are. Without one doubt. It is the thing which perhaps makes our lives most meaningful and in the most painful of times, most bearable. C.S. Lewis said, I have no duty to be anyone's friend, and no man in the world has a duty to be mine. No claims, no shadow of necessity. Friendship is unnecessary. Like philosophy, like art, like the universe itself, it has no survival value. Rather, it is one of those things which give value to survival.
0: So a lot of times we have friendships based on our environment or our circumstance. And while this is really beneficial for growing up and for, you know, getting you through so many transitional elements of your life... It doesn't teach you how to actually make friends. It just kind of teaches you how to absorb the friendships that are handed to you.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because I mean, you'd think it would teach you, right? You'd think having friends, which kind of you'd get to know all the aspects of friendship all kind of at the same time.
0: Right. Well, I mean, here's a distinction. I mean, I think, you you and I never really define what we're talking about but I'm you know I'm talking about growing up and going to school or going to church or going to college you kind of automatically have these friendships appear and and I, I don't think that it so much doesn't teach you how to make friendships I think what it does is it provides the atmosphere for the friendship to kind of be automatic and I think I think we grow up learning social skills. We grow up learning how to walk up to someone and talk to them and introduce yourself and ask them to go somewhere with you and start a friendship. I think, I think we learn that as kids and as adolescents, but I think what changes when you become an adult and you move away or you move out of that realm of natural friendships is you don't always know where to go. You don't know where to find that atmosphere where friendships can be automatic. You don't have, a group necessarily you don't have like a situation that just breeds friendships so i think like that's the i think that's the problem
1: you know that that makes a lot of sense um but i mean you only get there and you only realize because i do want to talk about what you're talking about but i almost wonder if we should maybe just kind of back up a little bit and, and talk more about your initial assertion and that is that mm-hmm. those circumstances create opportunities for friendships and you kind of have those friendships unintentionally so when you do what you said you know you you go to a new area you start a new job you move away whatever all of a sudden you're like how do i find friends without having a group that's kind of thrust upon me to you know (laughs) to, to give me the opportunity to actually have friends
0: right well that's what i'm saying I mean, you're, you grow up like in this construct where you have like all of these people to choose from and all you have to do is walk up to them and find like one or two things in common and then you have a friendship and then when you, you know, you don't always have those same kind of environments for the rest of your life and so you don't, you don't know necessarily where to go.
1: Right. I mean, friendships become harder. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons it becomes harder. You know, not only not only is it harder to find some location or locus point where you can actually, you know, find a friend. You're actually, you know, it's it's you expect more out of friendship. You know, there's there's a whole lot of things that kind of go with what you're saying. You know, normally, go ahead. I mean, go ahead. You're you're.
0: No, I, I was just gonna say like I totally agree because when you get older and when you know you get your first job or whatever um you a lot of people just don't have time or don't feel like giving the time to actually have a real friendship it's more like you know we might meet up every once in a while for coffee and like or or it's like it or it's like a friendship based on like things which is not necessarily bad but mm-hmm. no i i just what you said made me think of that
1: Oh, that that makes sense. And I I think, you know, what you're saying or what you just said about like not having time. I think you're almost saying, look, we as we grow up, we move into places in our lives where other things occupy our space. Right. You know, whether that be a job, or, you know, being friends with someone who's got a significant relationship or a family, or then straddling that that nexus between singlehood and partnership you know, and then, you know, having different kinds of of time and, you know, what do you do with that? Are you spending it with your friend? Are you spending it with your significant other? Or does that person have increased levels of family responsibility? But again, I think it's, I think it's more about what you're expecting out of the relationship. And I think what you're saying is something that I think many of us are really feeling that friendships get more complicated the older we get, the more we move out of school, the more we move out of a situation where we have quote unquote childhood friends or adolescent friends or friends in high school and into college. And I think most of us look at college as kind of our, our last point in our life where we had like significant kinds of friendships and friendship groups. Right. I think it's the friendship group, you know, it's the group of people and then, you know, even for people like you and me, you know, who really only have like one or two people we're super close to, we like having a group of people we can kind of move into and move out of, you know, when we need to, right. it makes us feel right. good.
0: Exactly. No, and, but I I, mean,
1: I, and I just, what I mean, one more thing, I, I'm just going to reassert that I think it just gets more difficult, more complicated, the older we get. And as we move into new situations, we are kind of looking two directions. We're looking forward to new relationships and we're thinking, Oh my goodness. What about those relationships in the past? Should I keep them? How do I qualify them in order to keep them?
0: Mm-hmm. No, that's a great question. And like you said, I mean, I, I think that, like you said, it's it's more about your when you get older, your energy is is more assigned to different things, whether that's a career or children or a spouse. And yeah, so so like you said, I mean, then the question becomes, what are what are how do how do we keep those friendships that were once so simple to both create and to like maintain so that's a great question I mean what do you think I mean how do you how do you personally like keep track of your friendships
1: it's difficult you know I I think it's difficult because I think when you finally move out of a, a a job that you've had for a significant amount of time or you know, like we were talking about, could be high school, could be college, um, could be a church or other faith-based or spiritual community or otherwise aligned group of like-minded thinkers. You know, anytime you have a reference group and you move beyond it, you have to, you, you don't even have the knowledge that you don't know how to keep those friends. Or you don't have the knowledge that maybe I should do the things that, keeping those friendships required until you go, Oh my goodness, I haven't talked to so-and-so in so long. I don't actually feel like I can talk to them. I mean, it's kind of a strange, at least for you and me and people like us, it's like a strange mental block. It's like, you want to be close to people, but then you also almost feel indicted by your lack of communication or the time that's been, you know, the time that's gone between the last significant communication and the thought that you're having in this moment. It's like, you feel indicted. Mm -hmm. Like if they really were close to you, you would have already reached out to them because you haven't reached out to them. You almost feel like you can't reach out to them. And then when you can't reach out to them, then you kind of say, well, maybe they're not close.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I I think we just kind of get honestly like shocked by the amount of effort it takes to keep those friendships. Cause I remember like, you know, as many people can relate being in college and knowing that like on Tuesdays and Thursdays you're going to see friend A and you're always going to have something to talk about because there will be that other kid in class that always makes you laugh and on Wednesdays and Fridays you'll see friend B and like it's not it's not a lot of work and I think I think we get a little bit shocked when or you know I I certainly can relate to that, that when you don't have those situations anymore. And you're like, oh my goodness, it takes so much effort right? to just keep this person close to me. And of course that's effort we want to expend, but it's like- Well,
1: let's, let me stop you there. I think, you know, we're talking about being shocked. I think we are shocked when we realize the first time that, oh my goodness, I need to do something. Yeah. We're shocked again by the amount of work it takes to keep in touch with people.
0: You're right. It's those two things.
1: And then we're kind of almost in this- Crisis point where we're like, I'm making an effort, I'm reaching back and reaching out to this person I was close to in college, and I don't feel like he or she is like reciprocating. Right. And so then we start to qualify whether or not that connection is a, a close one.
0: And right. Or was it because, just, well,
1: just wait. Or then, if I may, then we start to kind of judge the past memories and wonder if that was closeness.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, so it's like, it's like these, it's like, this is when people in my life, other than people like us, tell us, Jeremy, you think way too much. (laughs) But you you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I just feel like maybe sometimes, and and I, you know, you and I hadn't talked about this. And when we were, I was like, we were talking about the intro, the written intro today. I I didn't even have this thought, but like, I, I feel like we just need to somehow get past the, the shock and the judgment of, mm-hmm. of the present experience and the present, well, like I've said, you've said too, the present shock of going, oh my goodness, this is what I need to do to keep the relationship. And is it worth keeping?
0: hmm hmm Yeah. And then what? Yeah, and then what? And that, yeah, and then where do you put those people? You know, in your mind, like, you know, are they are they people that they're obviously not people that are like directly affecting your life right now, but you still feel close to them for a matter of reasons. It could be that they were your friend during a significant part of your life, and so you attach that specialness to whatever that mm-hmm. special um, transition or or time in your life was, and then. And and I don't think that's entirely you know bad or you know not comforting, but it just it doesn't give them the same priority as in the present.
1: Yeah, and no, I'm just, just paus- I'm just pausing because i yeah, it is, and I'm just I guess I'm pausing because I'm thinking about relationships that I've really left behind. I mean, and that's I don't know of another way to say it, you know, but. You know, friendships that I talk fondly about in the present, but for whatever reason, and I don't know that I've thought through this even well enough as I'm thinking of it now, like, reasons why I've, I've left that behind, left those relationships behind. You know, what creates value in the present, you know, for those past relationships? You know, how do I judge it? How do I make sense of it and what do i do with it
0: mm-hmm.
1: because you know you know we were talking about in in another episode i forget when it was you know about the summer when you know we both had a chance to travel to, to dc and see an old friend of mine and there had been a gap of time you know between that interaction and the last i would say significant interaction Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, it was like worth reaching out again and then reaching out again, you know, kind of formed another, it's like, it's like there's this electric current that kind of shocks the body yes. of friendship, you know, back to life. And all of a sudden there's a thing again. Right. You know, and I, 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 and I, I wish do. we could, you know, I don't know, I don't, sorry, one more thing. I just don't know what creates that. Mm-hmm. But we're glad it does. And so a friendship I thought maybe I'd lost all of a sudden is like rejuvenated. And I think right. that cycle continues over and over again, not necessarily hopefully with that same person, but like with other relationships.
0: I I think yeah, I think that it kind of has has to be that way. I mean, I this might sound terrible, but I think just as adults, we have a limited reservoir of energy, and I don't think. I, and of course, we're not talking about those friendships that are truly lost, and that were truly just a product of circumstance. That once the once the glue was put back in the bottle, you know, the, there was nothing left us hold on to. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: But I'm talking about like you know, like what you're saying. You know, someone who was significant and impactful for a for a, you know quite a few seasons in your life. I just think that there's several people in like that in our lives that we will always be able to like bounce back with. And I've heard other people talk about this. And so I know that other people feel the same, but I mean, I don't know how comforting that is because it's, it's certainly not people that are in your life every day, but you still have some kind of connection with, and you can always kind of go back to it.
1: Right. And I think there are those people who act like touchstones to former parts of our lives, and we can always get back in. I mean, you yes. you're thinking of people in your life right now. I'm thinking yes. of people in my life right now. But then there are those relationships that are kind of on the periphery who were super special. I'm like, I have like three people like circulating in my brain right now as we're talking, and I'm like asking my asking myself this question as as you and I are talking right now. The question is, why am I not reaching out? Why am why are we not quoting, quote unquote close anymore? You know, and I'm kind of, I kind of feel. Here's the word again. I kind of feel indicted. You know, I kind of feel guilty. You know, and I and yeah, and and I don't know how to respond to that exactly because, like you said, there is a limited amount of energy, time, in the reservoir of our of our personal lives. Yeah, and and a lot of us, you know, regardless of temperament, we're passionate and things we're passionate about hopefully it can be our work and our families and those who are close to us, which is why we're having this podcast episode in the first place. You know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how many people can we, and I know social scientists have, have studied this. How many people can we truly pour our energy into at any one period of time in our lives?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what do we do with the people that don't, and I hate saying it like this, but what do we do with the people who don't make it in? Right. You know, what do we do? What do we do with that?
0: I mean, are they? This sounds terrible, but are they just like an artifact of a past life? Are they someone in our our yearbooks that we go like, "Oh, I remember them. They were nice. They were so nice."
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think there are people who I would think of, "Oh, they were so nice," you know, almost semi-flippantly. But I mean, there are, there are people in my life right now, or people in my head space right now that I'm thinking about that I gosh, I want them to mean more to me than my actions would say that they do. Mm -hmm. Do you think that when you move out beyond like the first job or the being in college where you get a new group of friends and then, like I said before, you're, you're, you're drawn to the memory of your past relationships and you're committing in your brain to keep those, like, how do you decide what to do? How do you decide to think about those past relationships in the present? How do you bring them along with you? What do you do?
0: Oh, like what's the actual like active part of maintaining a friendship?
1: Yeah. Like the basic stuff. Like how do you friendship? Sorry to be oh, so banal. Like how do you friend, how do you do it? Because I, do don't, do it? That's- I don't know if we talk about it. I mean, I just feel like everyone kind of goes, oh, you know, you lose people along the way. and But I mean if there are people you really want to keep close to you, you've got to do some things, something very specific.
0: I just don't think I'm the right person to ask, you know, cause I, all of my friends live in different States. So I,
1: Well, then you, you are know. the person, you are the person to ask cause you clearly well, I just, haven't able to keep your friendships.
0: Well, I mean, my answer is just so simple. It's just that we, we text each other, you know, once or once or twice, once every couple of weeks. Um, and I've felt that I've, I've been able to maintain some friendships that way. I just, I don't feel what like do I have s- a lot of practical s- advice. I, know, I see- mean, what do you well, think? Well, I
1: think what you- <laughs> I'm only <laughs> laughing because I think what you're saying is the advice. It's this direct, direct, you know, connection of conversation in any form.
0: Okay. And- so I have two friends specifically that I'm thinking of. Okay. Um, that I have, that have been close with me for years and have since, and that closeness has fluctuated. Mm-hmm. So not, you know, not me to them or them to me, but just our closeness together has changed over the years, gone back and forth. And we do text maybe once every couple of weeks or once a week. And, those conversations are just really general. Then we just tell each other what we've been doing, how we've been feeling. And then I specifically know, like for these two people that I'm thinking about, there's always some kind of very casual, um, very friendly remark or like photo in those text streams that kind of says, hey, we may not talk all the time, but here's like a humorous part of my life. That you know, it's my way of keeping you close. It's my way of saying, here you're a part of my everyday, and it's okay that you don't talk to me every single day. I'm just gonna continue this progression of friendship with you, in kind of just a more stretched out type of way. Mm -hmm. And I really, and I'm really thinking of, you know, one to two specific people who I really feel that from. Um, And I, I mean, I think that's one way to maintain a friendship.
1: No, I think you're right. I th- I think maybe the temptation would be to to think, and I'm not saying you're thinking about this, but I'm thinking about this with situation with you know people like that in my life, like you're describing for you. I'm thinking, well, maybe that means I'm not close to them, and 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 I think maybe listening to you talk about it, it it kind of gives me the thought that maybe relationships can exist in that way, and that's fine for what they are. And I don't mean that in a kind of pejorative way i just mean maybe that's just fine the way they are those relationships like that are going to be fine because we don't have an option for anything more uh, because Mm -hmm. frankly there are other relationships that are closer and we have limited reservoirs and limited amounts of time but we do not want to lose the attachment and connection to these people for whatever reason right you know and right. I, I guess I just want to want to just kind of delve one more time back into the, what do you do? And you said you text them and, and have conversations and kind of remind each other what you've meant to each other throughout, you know, you mm-hmm. know, throughout, the, throughout, throughout, your relationship. I, I just, what do you do with those closest relationships when you so move? I'll, go ahead. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, now I'm thinking of, my my closest uh female friend who we talk every day and we are in different states we communicate daily throughout the day and i guess the the best way that we maintain our closeness is we we really tell each other everything and we tell each other um power feeling we discuss pretty much everything i mean that's just It just sounds pretty basic, but I mean, we just talk all the time.
1: Okay. So no, that makes sense. So I guess maybe a better question would be, how did you decide to carry that person with you into this part of your life?
0: Oh, that's a great, that's a great question.
1: Because remember in the intro, you know, we addressed, you know, looking at, the relationship. Because I think that's what happens. You you get out of a situation where you're kind of aligned. You either go to school or job or whatever. We've said it a bazillion times. You're in a situation that makes the friendship easy. Then you move out or you move away or what have you. The friendship now becomes difficult. You don't see them every day. And you did at one point see them almost every day. What kind of assessment do you go through? What kind of process internally are you going through? Not you, Becky, but anybody. but, But like, something happens in our brains that make us, that make us go, Hey, we didn't want to lose this relationship. Mm
0: -hmm. I I think you find that thing that, that you, I think you find that common bond and you, you nurture it. I don't, um, I don't think that's always like, did you go
1: through a period of time where you didn't talk to this person as much? we
0: We went through a time of being less close and that was during a transition where we were geographically a little bit separated. Um, and, and I do remember going through a little, I, I felt di- we felt distant from each other.
1: Um, it's kind of funny. I'm asking you these questions for, for people who are listening to us, but you know that I know all of us already. You I know, is, you like, know this person. Yeah. And so, <laughs> but I know that you, I know that you, you actually had a period, you know, had a period where you were just kind of, you wanted to be close and you didn't, you felt kind of,
0: Yeah. you know, I just so convocated a little just, bit. Yeah. I'll just kind of like. I guess, speak a little more candidly, but she, she and I are, we were in college, and our schedules were just vastly different, and geographically, I was um, on a, on a different campus, essentially, and, and we, you know, we weren't seeing each other three times a week. We weren't 15 minutes away from each other, so we, I remember feeling really distant from her, and I remember, like, two it had been, like, a couple months since we'd seen each other, and then we saw each other and we just burst into tears because it felt like we were like finally like understood again. And then we got closer, you know? And then we, you know, once I, once I moved, moved out of state, um, we stayed close So we were always mm-hmm. close. And what we did was we just, we just focused on what we always bonded over. And that was really a conscious, that wasn't, totally a conscious thought we never talked about how we were going to maintain it but I think we both just kind of intuitively knew that there were maybe like five things that we bonded over
1: mm-hmm.
0: emotionally over the course of like you know three or four years and we just kept circulating those things like I feel like I in her daily life I feel like I can see her go through her day she feels like she can see me go through her day and I, I think it's just because we've tapped into what make what made us close in the first place and we just cultivate that
1: yeah and i think what i want to just kind of draw your attention back to and which i find most interesting is that period of time where you said you kind of you were apart but you're in the same city and then you got together and you kind of burst into tears and it's kind of like you almost had a realization and i don't want to be just putting the thoughts into your head so tell me if i'm wrong but it's almost like you, it feels like you had a realization that you both contemplated the loss the potential yes. loss of not being in each other's lives in a in a, in a very specific way every day, in a very intentional way every day, and so because you kind of mutually contemplated the loss in the same way, it yeah. kind of that was like the fuel to keep it going. And I guess that's that to me is kind of the process um, that I that I feel like I have to go through, or I mm-hmm. go through when I move out, or move up, move away, or move beyond. Is go, you know, what did this person? mean to me you start to study it you start to realize gosh if I look forward and I don't have into the future and I don't have this person then what's my life going to be like and if it's not as rich and as wonderful then I'm going to just you know hold on with both hands right
0: right so no I think you're exactly right I think it's um, you do have to contemplate the loss you have to ask yourself What am I losing by not having this person? And sometimes I don't think that you always know until you've lost them. Um, You know, people say, people say that all the time. You know, you don't know what you have until it's gone. But I mean, I mean, I I think that's a great question. I think you really do have to ask yourself, am I, am I, am I just used, like used to this person's presence in my life or do I act, am I actually going to miss them?
1: No, you for know, sure.
0: Do I, do I need to maintain them? For sure. So, you know, I just, I think you have to ask yourself, do I do, is, is this person's influence in my life one that is um, something that I, that I need daily? Or is this, or is this person someone who was really special to me for a time? And I I don't, I just don't always think, and I mean, maybe this isn't true, but I, I think for the most part, people that have, that were close to us or that we, um, had really close connections with for a time, I, I think they stay special to us. I don't think that that ever, you know, fully goes away. I mean, I mean, to speak really just honestly, I mean, if, if that if that person's, you know, relative died, I mean, you would go, you would go to the funeral, yeah. you know? But, and you and I, so, you know I,
1: but you and I have talked about it. It's like, you know, there are people in our lives that we don't communicate with often and maybe wish we had a closer relationship. And, you know, if they were in our space, we would probably see them more often, but we just don't. However, if something happened, we would, we would be there because they are significant to us it's just to to me it just kind of like kind of stretches my mind in all sorts of directions to be like how can someone be super significant and important to us when i don't talk or see them It's just yeah. by holding them in my thoughts you know they become really significant and you know as there are two or three people i'm thinking of right now they just become significant all over again and then of course i wonder why i'm not reaching out to them so i guess you know the last question you know that we we were going to talk about is you know, so what about people who, and and I'm, I, I don't want to say that I'm guilty of this, but I have thought this way, because I don't want to judge people who think this way, but who go, well, had these relationships, and I moved away, or I got a new job, or whatever change of circumstance I had, and I'm just going to go on and. Get new relationships, and they're going to go on and get their new relationships. <laughs> and that's just how life goes. And I, and I really don't say that flippantly. I I, I mean I think whether consciously or unconsciously, I think a lot of people live this way. And I, I'm sure I have done that too. And if not, I've kind of used that kind of thought process to kind of ease my conscience on certain people that I've let go.
0: Right. I I guess what it comes down to is you you have to qualify. The former existence of that relationship. So,
1: what about people? I mean, i guess maybe what I'm asking Becky is like, what about people who just like don't care to bring anybody along in their change of circumstance?
0: Like, well, what I'm saying is maybe maybe that that you that those people weren't close significantly at all. Yeah. I mean, I I just I no, really think I, I said this a few minutes ago, but I just think that like there are situations in our lives that are significant. You know, I'm not talking about people, just situations like, um, yeah, I mean, we've all got things and the people that were involved in those situations feel close to us when that situation is at its prime. And, and I, I guess I could just most readily think about college. I mean, like, you know, having something significant happen in college or, you know, on a sports team or whatever and, everybody feels close but mm-hmm. it's really yeah. just the the atmosphere that's mm-hmm. that's the source of closeness and of course like we get a lot of good memories from those types of things but i just don't think that's it's just not the same as that that, that itself doesn't mean that you are close with everybody involved
1: mm-hmm. or it's a, or so, it's, I another, mean, I think ty- it's another type of closeness that we down prioritize for yeah. those those other and, and it's probably a temperament thing that we down prioritize those those maybe those group dynamics whether it be sports or choir or whatever you know we down down prioritize those group camaraderie type things or group associations for the individual relationships that we prioritize
0: right so i mean you're asking how can how can people just like you know pack up and move on I just I I guess they just weren't close like like in a significant lasting way
1: or they don't look at relationships the same but again I I feel like I've used that to ease my own mind about relationships I've let go you know I don't know maybe there's not an answer that you and I could come up with without talking for the next two hours and we don't want to ask people to indulge us that long but (laughs) so so maybe just (laughs) <laughs> no, I guess I feel like I'm interviewing you today. This is great. It's like Jeremy interviews Becky, but last, last question Becky, before you go today. <laughs> so at the end of the day, at the end of the day, well, I always hate that expression, but like, <laughs> but are relationships worth holding on to, you know? And, and then the, the, of course we know the answer to that is yes, but like, you know, Why? <laughs> Why? Why are those relationships that you've specifically held on to? Why do you think you've held on to them, and what is it going to do?
0: Because you? those pe- because those people at at some point in my life fed me. And I'm I'm truly thinking of like three specific people, and they they all fed me in different ways, and. I mean, you know, don't you hold on to them because you think they are
1: going to feed you again? Yeah. And and oh, yeah. that sounds selfish, but that's not what I mean. I mean, you feel like the relationship is going to thrive again into the future. I mean, that's the reason why we keep them, isn't it?
0: Right. Uh, exactly. I I think um, uh, in friendships there's um, a barter. I mean, you do have to be a little selfish and say, "We, what am I getting from this person?" Nobody likes a one-sided friendship. Sure. So I mean, I know for these people um, we saw each other through and there was a, like a mutual care for each other. And, and that is, um, something that I, I, I value and I recognize. And I, you know, that's why I, that's why I hold on to those specific friendships.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying but don't you also don't you also think because this is what i'm thinking so maybe less of an interview right now that i i have faith that that will be a future connection as well as the significance of past events because there are people who have i mean it sounds terrible but there are people who have really been there for me in really tough spots but there are also people i've left behind you know yeah Again, I just kind of feel guilty talking about it like this because I'm just like, oh, I need to reach out to people. Um, but, but I mean, I, I think for the relationships that I've kept into the present, maybe they've just been easy, easy to keep. Some people have like less intense expectations or the ease of communication is such where it's just easy to do. But I guess the point is, is I think ultimately why I've kept certain people around and why they've kept me around why it's been a mutual decision is because we know that the future, you know, will be, will be worth having, you know, each other in our, in, in our lives, you know?
0: Right. So. I, I think that's a really good point.
1: So maybe we should move on to, um, maybe we should move on to our confessions of gratitude section and just kind of hey.
0: leave it there. All right.
1: So I won't, I won't, <laughs> I won't ask you to go first because I think that's I've only done that the <laughs> last 13 times. Um, <laughs> this is one of those times where I don't think you mind if I go before you. So the thing that I'm thankful for today is I'm thankful that um, we... <laughs> I'm laughing because of the thing I'm thankful for is that like, I figured out the technology well enough that that we can actually, you know, do this while we're hundreds of miles apart. Um, so. Oh goodness,
0: it's, it's that's something, and, something to be thankful for.
1: And it makes it sound self-serving like I'm so great, but like lots of trial and error. So that, <laughs> it's not, uh, but anyway, it's just great. It's great to be able to, to be able to do, to be able to do the podcast being, being a part as well.
0: Oh gosh, that's not self-serving at all. It's it's that's truly
1: that's what I'm thankful for today.
0: Here I am, like bulldozing you. I'm sorry. No, I'm just like I'm just like it's okay. to be thankful for that. It's totally that's totally important.
1: What are you thankful for?
0: What am I thankful for today on this Tuesday? Um, I am thankful for uh, exercise. I. <laughs> why are you laughing <laughs> why <What? laughs> why are you making that thing maybe because
1: I feel like both of our things that we're grateful for are kind of just kind of like wah, wah. you know no grand life trip, yeah
0: right? no but I mean I'm thankful for exercise because it it clears my mind and, and uh makes me feel accomplished and I um Okay, now I'm all self-conscious about my gratitude because this is going to sound like I'm so awesome. But I that's not what I mean. I just mean that I've kind of gotten to the point where if I don't exercise, I feel worse about yeah. myself.
1: Yeah.
0: So I'm thinking you have, thankful you have that, like half the
1: people listening going, I hate you. Don't even talk to me. You're very good. I
0: know. It sounds like I sound like one of those like gym gym people and I'm not. But I just really mean like I'm I'm thankful that um there is a a healthy avenue for feeling good and kind of resetting for the day i can't i can't do this anymore no that's good. That's good. that's good that's good that's
1: good that's good That's fine no i think it's definitely worth being thankful for that you're so much better than us all right i'm just kidding and so let me just launch back into you know well, after becky and i do our confessions of gratitude then we each tell each other something we love about each other and today uh, the thing that I love about you, Becky, um, is that I honestly believe this, and I guess there's no way to know, but I'm going to trust this, that you and I don't have secrets. And, and I love that, that about you, that you and I don't have secrets. Because I think, I think friends that keep things from each other I don't think, I think that, I think that impairs intimacy. Yeah. And so the thing I love about you is that you trust me enough to, to give me that because yeah. when you bear yourself you bear your soul with all the unlovely parts, you know, I think that, right. I think that's tough. And I think you, you, you invite insecurity and you're willing to, to just do that for me anyway.
0: I I trust you. I've I've built that trust with you over so many years. And we do have our best. We do have our best moments when we're honest. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they feel really painful, but we feel better for it after.
1: All right. No more commentary on what I love about you. Your turn.
0: Sorry. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Okay, I'm giggling.
1: Ready though. to spin everything, spin everything into a grand truth. Sorry,
0: I'm just so smart. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm just kidding. Okay, what do I love about you? Um, today in particular, I was thinking to myself, I just love Jeremy's work ethic. Like you are one of the most, if not the most hardest working the most hardest. Pardon me. The most. The hardest. The hardest. It's getting late. The hardest worker uh, that I know. And um, when you want to get something done, you do it and you do it well. And if you can't do it well, you won't do it. And I love that about you. It's um, a-, a quality that I envy and. It uh, makes me really proud to know you, to, makes me oh, proud to yeah. know someone like that.
1: That makes me feel like super grateful and super shameful because I feel like I can work harder, but
0: Or you could uh, just accept what I'm saying. I will, say, I will accept it and I won't <laughs> let my
1: false modesty kick in, but <laughs> no, thank you so much. No, I appreciate that very much.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, well maybe, our, maybe our listeners will try some confessions with their friends this week. Um, if, they, if they do, if you guys do, we would love to hear about it.
1: Absolutely. And you can write us and we'll tell everybody your name and what you said to us.
0: So. <laughs> <Yeah>. E-O box.
1: <laughs> we'll just hang around for another minute and um, Becky will give you how, the information on how to get in touch with us. But uh, thanks so much for, for being with us today.
0: If you would like to reach out to us with any questions or comments or suggestions, we would love to hear from you. Or if you just want to say hi, send us an email at 100daysayearpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's 100daysayearpodcast at gmail.com, not 100, but just 100. Also, if you'd like to follow us on Instagram, our handle is 100daysayearpodcast. Go ahead and give us a follow.